0: That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By. Powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation! Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, and as always. I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast, reacting to All-Star Weekend, Nikola Jokic, looking ahead to the sprint that is the remainder of the NBA season. Uh, We are not going to spend a a terrible amount of time uh, today. At the time of recording, it's a Tuesday morning, uh, bright and early in our brand new uh, studios here uh, at Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Uh, clear investment into the uh, digital side, the podcast side, um, and uh, keep an eye out for you know the um, reproduced uh, versions and snippets of this stuff uh, on the social media channels that we have here at the fan. Uh, if you're not following them all, do so. You're going to want to do that and, and check out what we got going on. It's pretty exciting. Uh, what was mostly not exciting was All Star Weekend. Um, we're, again, we're not going to spend too, too much time because I don't want it to be a complain fest. Um, I don't want to overreact to things that don't matter like at all, but I do want to acknowledge um, you know, a weekend that I grew up loving that I still want to love and then react to a couple things that I didn't love as much over the weekend um and then a quick preview ahead uh as we are going to be guys this second half of the season 20 something games left I mean the the runway is so short and the playoffs are going to be here um and then it just this whole thing will take on a different life of its own well we're re- reacting to every game and um, really looking forward to that we're almost into that phase but not quite yet um all-Star Weekend, let me just say, um, I am not like a, a a hater on All-Star Weekend. I know it is very easy to hate All-Star Weekend. It's easy to hate any All-Star Weekend nowadays. I mean, I don't care if you're talking about uh, uh, basketball or baseball. Uh, football has totally reshaped their sort of Pro Bowl event um, because of just the drastic departure it had become compared to what the sport actually looks like, and they didn't even look like second cousins of one another. So the NFL tore it down. And my question is: Does Adam Silver need to take a hard look at all things All Star Weekend and think of them um, with just a brand new uh, flushing of everything that we know and understand? All Star Weekend, All Star Saturday Night, to be. Um, let's let's talk about a couple of these things briefly here. Um, The skills competition, I have very little time for it, Um, so I'm not going to really talk about it. They had three teams. It it was just okay, Um, and it was just like almost like a a preliminary thing to get going to what people traditionally wanted to see, and that was the three-point contest and the slam dunk contest. My question is, do people still really have a thirst for the three-point contest and more so the slam dunk contest? And and even within that framework, is the slam dunk contest the main event? Like, is that is that where we're at um, in this current state of things? I, I don't think so. Um, the the three point competition, um, Contavious Caldwell Pope. If I were him, after seeing you know Julius Randall from the New York Knicks get up there, Julius Randall is a thirty three percent three point shooter. He is not in the same class as. KCP uh who was shooting uh at a 45% clip. So you're talking about the difference between these guys. If you were looking at like the league's slottings of like three-point field goal percentage, the difference between uh, Julius Randle and KCP, they wouldn't like be on the same internet pages. Like you would have to go to like another page to 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 find one from the other, like to move from third in the league to to wherever Julius Randle is at 33% shooting. Uh, or vice versa so if you were upset that KCP wasn't in the three-point uh, contest and then like w- which I was like okay yeah he's got a case like yeah he probably should be in it but then when I'm actually watching it and I'm watching Julius Randall like what am I doing with my time I'm watching Julius Randall like just chuck the ball at the basket well yeah that's what you're gonna get when you when you when you miss almost 70% of the time that's what it looks like so shocker Um, But if you wanted more like ammunition for your the Nuggets got screwed from representation as a one seed on All-Star Weekend, you even have more ammo uh, coming out of the weekend than you had going into the weekend, which I didn't think was possible. But here we are Um, happy for Dame. Uh, Dame Lillard, I I think Dame has respected the game, gone about the game the right way. Uh, I just happen to be a fan of the, just from a, not a a Nuggets perspective, but just a basketball perspective. And I am a basketball fan first, before I'm a fan of any one singular player or team. So I'm a fan of Damian Lillard. I'm happy he won the three-point contest. Where does that trophy go on his mantle? I I don't know. Um, My guy, Kevin Herter, who I've talked about through the years out in Sacramento, drafted by the Hawks, paid by the Hawks. Um, man, my heart broke for that kid. Uh, as I'm just a fan of his and his family, I have a previous relationship. I'm not going to detail um, th- that again here on the podcast as we have through the years. But um, man, he uh, he he laid an egg, and I just my heart broke for him because I know I know uh, how bad that that he wanted a moment like that, not to win it, but just to get hot. And he never got warm. I mean, I, I was standing up in my living room and, and just slowly like sulked into my chair as my $25 bet at plus five fifty with our friends at Superbook. Uh, just, you know, flew off uh, the way of the dodo there. So, um, but beyond that, no big takeaway from the three-point contest. The, the way that they have it now, the, you know, like, it's like, and again, the advertising worked and I'll tell you why here in a second, but they got this like, Sprite knockoff I will say knockoff because it's it's Pepsi's counter to sprite. It's called starry. Sprite is a Coca-Cola product. Pepsi is in bed with the NBA they're launching this new you know drink so what does that mean? That means the three-point contest has to incorporate the sponsor and the brand into the contest itself. And again, this is where you kind of lose me. And I love, I love, I have loved All-Star Weekend. I'm not, I don't wake up and want to naturally hate on All-Star Weekend. But when you got, you already have money balls, right? That's always been great. Now you have entire money racks, whatever, evolution of a contest, I suppose. But then you have like these like sponsored starry balls. And I didn't know what it was. I had family in town this weekend. We didn't know what it was. And there we are all Googling Starry, and it, it worked. So whatever they were trying to do, you guys did it. We all Googled it. We found out it was the Sprite counter from Pepsi, and what happens the next day? Again, I had family in town. One of the family members is a 10-year-old. We stop at the store. Guess what he wants as a drink? Starry. You did it, NBA. Should that be interwoven with the actual contest itself? I don't know. It doesn't feel as organic to me as a traditionalist and, a, and an old school, like an old school approach. Did 14-year-olds love it? Maybe. Is that what they're looking for? Maybe. Um, I just, I kind of roll my eyes at, uh, you know, another layer of gimmick to a three-point contest. So, whatever. Not going to die on that hill. It's all good. Didn't stop me from watching it. Um but now we move to the slam dunk contest, and I will tell you, um, I know the um, the opinions on the dunk contest vary. Okay, some people still love it. I ha- and this is anecdotal, but I have a uh, um, um, my own temperature on things, and I think that older basketball fans are just over it. They could care less about the slam dunk contest, and I I think that. With the dunk contest for me, and I used to love the dunk contest, guys. Like, I lived for the dunk itself, let alone the dunk contest. But a part of what made the dunk contest special is, and, and this is not, I'm not reinventing the wheel here on the Mile High Hoops podcast um, today on a Tuesday, February 21st. But this is All-Star Weekend, is it not? Is it is it All-Star Weekend? Or is it all Let me Google who you are weekend. And that's where sort of I get lost, okay, where, again, not a new take, but I'm growing up and I'm learning about the game and learning about Dr. J and David Thompson and Larry Nance and wanting to know more about these guys and wanting to know more about these hall of fame careers and their 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 dunking um exploits, you know, Dominique and Michael Jordan those famous battles. Those guys were like two of the best players that the sport had to offer, let alone the Kobe Bryants, the Vince Carters, the Tracy McGrady's. Guys, those are hall of famers that were participating in this contest. Even if you're not a hall of famer like those guys, yeah, it was other top tier talents like Jerry Stackhouse and Steve Francis, Dwight Howard, like Blake Blake Griffin is the number one overall pick in the draft. Like he wants to participate in the dunk contest. Zach Levine, like awesome player, all star. He wanted in. Even like that next tier down of like like dudes. Like Josh Smith was a dude. Josh Smith, what he s- like scored like thirteen thousand points in the NBA. Jason Richardson. Like, Jason Richardson turned the dunk contest on its head. Remember those battles with, um, uh, was it Desmond Mason uh, from the Sonics uh, from, you know, 15 years ago, whatever it was? Like, but Jason Richardson scored, like, 15,000 points in the NBA. I didn't have to Google, like, oh, he's up on a two-way from the Delaware Bluecoats? Again, like, and, and with all due respect to, to, to K.J. Martin and Trey Murphy, those guys are good young players. Jericho Sims, like, do do we care about Jericho Sims? Like, he's a backup center that averages three points a game, and it's all eyes on him on All Star Weekend. Like, and and the counter is, well, hey, this guy flies around. He can dunk. He's a, he's a great dunker. He's one of the you know five ten best dunkers in the league. But like, on All Star Weekend, it just it doesn't add up for me. And you know, I consider the history of what it was. What it is now. And this is not, this has nothing to do directly with Mac McClung because Mac McClung is a real basketball player who was a real recruit going to Georgetown. I remember his team at Texas Tech was phenomenal. But this guy's not an NBA player, let alone an NBA star. Okay? And he's the favorite coming in to a dunk contest on All Star weekend. How many people knew? Like, I'm casting the net just over basketball fans. How many people knew who this person was before this weekend? And I have a, a a reason to believe that he was the most googled name over the weekend. Now, was he the best dunker of of the group? Yeah, he was. But if it's about just recruiting the best dunkers, I I, I could tell you, being back in Albany, New York, playing for the Albany Legends, there was a guy named uh, Guy Dupuis. Okay, he was French. Um, And you spell his name G-U-Y, so it's spelled like Guy, and his last name is spelled, and I'm telling you this because you need to look him up, Dupuy, D-U-P-U-Y. So phonetically, it's like Guy Dupuy, but really he's French, and the way he says it is Guy Dupuy. What the hell am I talking about? Why am I talking about this guy? So this was a minor league basketball player that literally would travel the country to perform a dunk contest. Sprite had a flight team that they would like travel around like an and one like basketball tour around the country um, and they were it was just a show. It was a traveling dunk show. They weren't great players because if you were a great player and you're that athletic, you're playing in the NBA. But these were just great athletes and great dunkers and kind of good basketball players. If I was on the same team with them, like, okay, we're like you kind of understand like the classification. But if we're just if we're just recruiting players or human beings forget players human beings to participate in the dunk contest and put on the put on the best show you might as well hire Guy Dupuy because Guy Dupuy would whip the ass of Mac McClung in a dunk contest I'm just here to tell you okay again google him youtube him it'll speak for itself the guy jumps over cars while throwing it between the legs the guy does windmills from the free throw line I've never seen anything like it you could screw an alley up uh, alley up to him which I did a dozen times and he'll still find a way to catch it so if we're just going best dunkers, like this to me, bringing this guy who's not an NBA player up on a two-way deal, wearing a Sixers uniform, but you don't actually really play for the Sixers, do you? You play for Delaware, and and it to me, this was a moment, for again, for someone in the backdrop for me is someone who loves this contest, okay, and loves this weekend. It was a jump the shark moment, all right? And And don't forget, and maybe you just don't know, to forget in the first place what "jump the shark" means. Jump the shark is a phrase from a very popular TV show from, I believe, the '70s about a show from the 1950s. Okay, so it's a it's a show in the '70s about a show uh, or about a, a, a family from the '50s, and it's Happy Days. And Happy Days was wildly successful, just like All Star Weekend was forever. But then the seasons went on and on. They're trying to create new content. And you guys know Ron Howard, right, the famous director. You know, he's, he's an actor there. And you got, you got the Fonz, right, Winkler, and he's like the cool dude. And, but then they, they do so many ideas and so many ideas, just like All-Star Weekend. It's so many seasons and so many ideas for the dunk contest and jumping over a car and blowing out candles and putting on other things jersey and taking the mascot out of the stands and doing all this stuff. And they've just tried everything like Happy Days did. And then you get to a point in like the last season of Happy Days where the Fonz is like on this like a motorcycle and he's like going off this jump and there's this shark going up to bite him. And it's just like if you were just to hit pause in the middle of that and say, how did we get here? Why is the Fonz jumping over a shark on a motorcycle? They ran out of ideas. And that's where they were at. That's where that phrase comes from. They jumped the shark. The NBA Slam Dunk Contest jumped the shark this weekend. It's All-Star Weekend. And not only did you settle not for an All-Star, the guy who won it wasn't an NBA player. What are we doing? And I know I'm going on about this, but it just felt so inorganic to me. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And that's all due respect to the, the, to, to the person and the career that Mac McClung put together. Um, and, and, and I'll say this. Let me just say this before we move on to get to the Jokic stuff. Like there was other awesome dunks that didn't have props that were done by Trey Murphy and, and Jericho Sims. And it still was like, eh. so we need to take a step back and rethink this. We need to rethink this. I don't know, you know and, and 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 blame was actually being put toward cast toward LeBron James. and I actually think there's some credence to that that you know LeBron, the NBA begged LeBron to do the dunk contest for years. He turned his nose up at it. He turned his nose up at it that he was too big, too good for it. Since that moment, okay. Since that moment, I think, the, I think the window for LeBron to perform in the dunk contest, had stopped being talked about like 8, 10 years ago. And since then, it's become like not fashionable to do the dunk contest. you got to be like a young, hungry player that hasn't got paid yet and want exposure. That's kind of like what it's turned into. Does Le, is LeBron a little bit culpable for this? I, I think to a degree. I think the criticism is fair because the NBA is kind of like a high school. Few leaders, lots of followers. Lots of followers. So I think there's uh, some, some level of, uh, um, of fair criticism toward LeBron, even though if that one decision indirectly impacted so many others through the years here. Fair or unfair, um, I think to a degree, it's fair to at least have the conversation. Okay. Um, one of the least favorite moments of the uh, All-Star weekend was Nikola Jokic. Nearly pick last. Nearly picked last in the All-Star game, as a starter, as the league's reigning two-time MVP, and the odds-on favorite to win again. And we could do an hour on this. We're not going to. But we could do an hour on this because I think there's a lot of layers to it. Man, can you imagine if he got picked last? Now, if you didn't watch like I did, there's two guys left. It was Jokic and I think it was Lori Markinen. And... All the reserves have been picked because the reserves had to be picked before the starters were picked. So you pick all the reserves, and then you're left with the starters, and then Giannis and LeBron went back and forth and picked from the starters. And then there's two guys left on stage. like It's like an awkward moment at, at, at a dodgeball and at a recess, right? There's two guys left to be picked. And Jokic just walks over to LeBron. like, like Literally like, let's just tap out of this. Like, because there's no way I'm getting picked last. And from a look standpoint, I think it's a microcosm of a couple different things. One, Jokic is very insular. Jokic does not lean into much of anything here in America, okay? And, and I've I've talked about this on the radio show, and actually some people say that, you know, they – For all the reasons that I say, he could thaw out a little bit in some of these categories. People say, no, that's why we love him. And we can disagree or or agree to disagree on some of this stuff. But Jokic is not some socialite. Jokic does not care about, like, the NBA is so buddy-buddy. Jokic is just the opposite of that. But there's also just, like, just in general, and I'll give you a quick, quick, like, rundown recap. And this doesn't have to do with All-Star Weekend directly, but I think there's connective tissue between the two. Let me just give you a couple of ex- examples. Jokic, um, Jokic uh, is asked um, when Sierra and Russell Wilson came to the town, um, do you listen to Sierra? And he's like, I don't listen to any American music. Okay. Um, Jokic is asked during the World Cup, hey, are you rooting for America um, after Serbia? Do you have like a second favorite team? He's like, no. What are you doing uh, after the season? I'm flying to uh, Serbia as fast as possible. Like, he, like, emphasized, like, I'm, I'm getting out of here as fast as possible. Okay. Each of those things unto itself is really no big deal. Like, live your life. Like, wh- wh- what do I care? Like, live your, live your life. Um, but I think the resistance, this kind of speaks to who Jokic is, like, the, resistan- the resistance of, like, thawing out of, like, that kind of stuff. It's the same thing of, like, does he really care about, like, other NBA relationships? You don't see Jokic swapping jerseys. And I'm not making it about swapping jerseys, but it speaks to more than that. Like, a lot of this stuff, stuff is relationship-based, in real life, if you're like building a team and say like your life or career is on the line, you're not picking Demar Derozan over Jokic. Well, why Demar Derozan get picked over Jokic, and just about everyone else picked over Jokic? Because there's it's like it's based off like relationship. These guys are friends; they they hang out in the off season. Jokic is just separate from that. He is not in the club. But, but I still think there's room for Jokic to be open. To the idea that he was disrespected. I don't know if that's how he'll actually take it. I know about the quote what he said after the game that like, hey, it's the all-star game. I wouldn't pick me either. And that's cool. And Jokic is going to let it roll off his back like a duck. But if you want some motivation, you kind of got it, man. You're the MVP on the one seed. And you were nearly pick last. Last. And it would have been a story, I think, if he was picked last. It would have been a bigger story. It's not really a story except for us here in Denver, or it's just more ammunition for, like, the Jokic haters. But, like, you almost got picked last as the best team in, in the Western Conference as the MVP. Like, use that, bro. Like, seriously. Like, use that as motivation. Will Jokic? No idea. But he keeps score. Don't, don't, don't take his indifference for, um, like, he's not paying attention He's paying attention. And the All Star game itself, this is kind of how I think about it. Jokic is kind of like the anti NBA superstar, okay? Where you think of like an NBA superstar and how he carries himself. Um, Jokic is the opposite of that. Examples are, you know, the uh, flossing, right? He's not going to do that. Um, the runway-style entrance into the arena. Now, he's dressing up, but he's not going Russell Westbrook or Shea Gildress Alexander on you, right? He doesn't do social media. He's got to be the only NBA superstar that doesn't do social media. So he's kind of like an anti-NBA superstar. He's not a look-at-me NBA star. It's very rare. So you have this player who's almost an anti-NBA superstar, and the all-star game itself is kind of like nba superstars on steroids where there's no defense it's a complete look at me show there's no teamwork there's no defense and it doesn't matter if you win or lose everything that jokic does is about winning a basketball game and if the win, if the result doesn't matter then why would jokic be in on it like and and risk what? Like so so why would he even leave the ground during this game? He 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 wouldn't and he doesn't. So you have an anti-NBA superstar playing in an All-Star game that is the NBA superstar on steroids. Quite simply put, all this talking, all this discussion about the dynamics here, both the human dynamic and the basketball dynamic, he just doesn't really fit in. He just doesn't really fit in. That's all there is to it, and it's crystal clear to me by now. It doesn't mean that there's some personal disdain from him to the players or the players to him, but there's the players, and then there's Jokic, and that's just the way it is. Not saying it's good, not saying it's bad. It just is. The game itself was horrible. The game itself, and we just touched on it briefly, drive-by style, it kind of felt like the Pro Bowl, the last like NFL Pro Bowl. When I'm looking at it going, what am I actually watching here? What is this? It's not football because you're not even tackling to the ground. And it was a joke of a game where 359 points were scored. 359 in a single basketball game. Now, the guess on this, the over-under coming into the game was like 323. So even within the all-star lens of what you expect it to be, like the experts, like picking the over-under total points scored, it's like a massive departure what the expectation, of what the actual result is. Guys, it wasn't too long ago, 2018. You know how many points were scored in the 2018 all-star game? It'd be weird if you knew that off the top of your head. I, I looked it up for us. 293 points scored in in the 2018 All-Star Game. That was like yesterday, okay? And now we're up to 359. We're closer to 400 points than 300 points. a 66-point difference between the, the All-Star Game in 2018 to the one that we saw this past weekend. Michael Malone, after the game, called it the worst game ever. How do, I, how do I disagree with that? How do I argue with that? Especially if you're looking at it from a defensive-minded coach like Michael Malone. Um, that was probably hard, really hard to watch. And you probably actually, actually like consciously have to disengage if you're Michael Malone from the game that you're actually coaching. Because what are you going to do as a coach in the All-Star game? First of all, he should expect that th- there was going to be some semblance of this. Um, worst game ever? I don't know. But I think it speaks volumes. Like if you're Adam Silver... And you're probably actually kind of pissed off at Michael Malone today. That, like, you're like, really, like, you're the all-star game coach. We're celebrating our game, and you're calling it the worst game ever. I think they need to rethink the all-star game. I know they've already tried with the ELAM ending. And the ELAM ending for the first couple of years was good. And it didn't have any impact on the players' approach this year. It was clear the players' approach was more of, uh, I don't give a damn than ever before. No one cared. No one. I mean, LeBron doesn't play the second half. Giannis he starts the game, checks himself out, he's got a wrist. And then from there on out, it was just like the most laxadaisical walk in the park um that you'd ever see. I'm 35 years old. I'm very confident I could have got a couple buckets in that game. I'm totally washed. But because it just wasn't it wasn't a game. It was it was, you know, ten turnstiles all running back and forth at once. Didn't look like basketball. Need to take a look at it, Adam Silver, and I don't know what the I don't know what the um, what the resolution is, but I know what it's not, and what it's not is what I saw on Sunday evening. Um, the rest of the season is going to get kicked off here in just a couple days. It'll be Thursday evening, uh, on the road in Cleveland for Denver, uh, February twenty third against a really really good Cavs team. If you have not seen Cleveland play, they are young, they are hungry. They have a star. They are defensive-oriented. They are they are going to crawl up in dudes on Thursday uh, at 5 o'clock here, Mountain Time. Um, and that will start what is uh, the sprint that is the end of the year. Like we know, the All-Star game is not the midway point. It's really like two-thirds of the way through. And your first game back is going to be February 23rd. Your last game is April 9th. That's how quick it goes. So um, we'll see – my biggest question mark. If I were to isolate one big question for the remainder of this season, and we're we're fifty nine games into it, all right, so just twenty three games left. Man, it's front and center. It's about Jamal Murray's health. All right, not that there is not other questions that need to be answered down the uh, stretch of this season. In the last twenty three games, there are, but they feel like they in comparison to the big Jamal Murray question what is going on with that non-surgically repaired knee was it just some inflammation was it some arthritis stuff he's gonna play um, on on Thursday right he has to if he doesn't if he doesn't this whole thing needs to be re-examined in my opinion because the Nuggets and I feel strongly about this Rarely do I come on here and just give like declarative statements like, it's either going to be this or that. But I do feel comfortable saying, knowing the history of the league, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, the last two in fact, the historical construct of NBA teams compared to what the Nuggets wouldn't have if Jamal Murray wasn't there, it just would not be representative of a title team. It just wouldn't. I don't think they can win a championship without him. I don't think they can go to the NBA Finals without him. Like, are you telling me you're going to go to a place that this franchise has never been without your second-best player, the same one you didn't have here the last two playoffs, and you're just going to do a a hop-skip and a triple-jump on your way from getting swept to being in the NBA Finals? I just can't go there. I I think they're in a better place now than they were, but still, you need your ammunition. You need your high-end blue blood talent if you want to win multiple playoff series, get to the Western Finals, and then ultimately get to the NBA Finals. If not now, when? This is the year, but it's got to be with Jamal Murray. So, that is my number one. That is a low-hanging fruit, but it's low-hanging for a reason. It's right there in front of our face. And I do think it's noteworthy that Jamal Murray, Why? while the all-star game was being played. puts a post out on social media. And what was he doing? Was he on vacation? Was he sipping on Mai Tais? Right? Uh, was he drinking daiquiris? Was his feet in the sand? No. No, he was alone in an empty gym in the lab. And I think that is almost as it's like it's it's not even a subliminal. It's like Yo, I know what's taking place right now. I'm coming. I'm coming. So, really, really looking forward to see Jamal Murray, who was rounding the consistency corner that he has always struggled with. He's always struggled. With. That's what. That's the only thing holding him back from being an all-star in years past. He's he's a, he's an all-star caliber player. He just didn't do it on a night, tonight, 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 tonight basis like a true star. And he was rounding that corner before the small setback. Let's see if he picks up where he left off and. um can kind of harmonize this thing uh, heading into uh, the final weeks of the season. Okay, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, covered a lot of ground. Thanks for being here. Uh, looking forward to um, this last stretch of the season, guys. Uh, if you're listening uh, listening to this in podcast form, give us five stars. We're available at denversports.com, Spotify, etc. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Uh, tell a friend. Um, and uh, here we go, guys. Put your seatbelt on. Put your seatbelt on. The final stretch of the season is here. It's right now. And whatever happens next in Cleveland, in Memphis thereafter, you already know. We're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.